Action! Hello and welcome to episode 97 of Your Average Critics. And we've gone from me, Obi, Joe and Chris to back down to me and Obi. So I think <laughs> 96 was so special, but uh, just you and I today. So a good uh, intelligent chat is to follow, I'm sure. Read into that what you will. Um, Glenn, so can I, re- can I talk to you really quickly? Because I'm just writing stuff down. Yeah. Um, have we you talked about Big Little Lies yet? Yes, we did. Oh, okay. I feel like, well, I don't know how much detail we went into it because I think Chris was sort of being like, what? Huh? <laughs> I didn't hear about this. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, you really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you finished it. Oh, I don't think we talked about it in spoilers, actually, because um, I think Chris wanted to see it. Yeah. So you've obviously seen the whole thing, series one, Big Little Lies. What did you think? And we can talk in spoilers about it. I th- I think it's really good. Like I haven't watched season two yet, but season one, I think just the way they started it with the whole like, I don't know, it's a bit like um, so like for example, like when I'm watching How to Go Get Away with Murder, when they start a season, they basically show you the end, and then they show you the beginning, and then you kind of meet in the middle around the halfway point. Yeah, I feel that's kind of like what they did here. So obviously, like someone's dead, someone's killed someone. But we have no idea who's dead or who killed who. And you just kind of have to work your way through and a bit of speculation on your own part. I will say that I didn't I didn't guess that it would be um I can't remember his name. What's his name? Uh, I've got it up, Perry. Yeah, I didn't guess so that it would Alexander be him. Skarsgård. You did guess or you didn't? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I didn't guess that one. I wasn't sure. But so I knew off that he was fucking up his wife. Like <laughs> that yeah, was it. Oh, that was very obvious. Um yeah, I mean, normally, like, not I say normally, I feel like sometimes when they show you the end, it, it sort of, for me, loses my interest because I'm like, okay, I know, I know that this character dies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I guess Big Little Lies has done it in a really quite different way in the fact that you know someone has died, you don't quite know who. And so it's a who done it and a who is it? Um, which is slightly kind of a different take on it and, and something which makes it fresh because if you knew from the beginning that Perry died, then, I mean, you might be interested in finding out who killed him and why, but at the end of the day, you you know it's still going to be Perry at the end that's dead. So by not revealing that, and also by not... So the format of Big Little Lies, as I think we alluded to last time, is like interviews with the people of Monterey, California, um, like the the residents, and they're all being interviewed by the police in the what we shall call the present. And it's like, oh yeah, this she she's really dodgy. She did this or he did that, blah blah blah. But you don't. None of the people being interviewed are the main characters. So Reese Witherspoon's character, Madeline, Nicole Kidman, Celeste, Charlene Woodley's Jane, um, Laura Dern's Renata. I'm reading them, so I'm not just remembering them. I was going to say, and, how do you know that? <laughs> And Zoe Kravitz, Bonnie. So you never see, they're not being interviewed. So for me, it was always like, oh, is this person, is this woman dead? Is, is it the man? You know, there was a, 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 it kept me guessing right to the end because yeah. every episode you find out a different motivation why someone might want to have killed another person. Yeah. So there's the whole kind of animosity between Madeline and Renata. Um, you know, their kids, like, is one of them bullying the other? And um, Jane Chapman's son is, getting in the shit because they're new and they're a bit less upper class than the rest and 
yeah, like you said, obviously, like Perry's beating up his wife. And I mean, did you see it coming that they would all have a hand in it? Um, only, only when it got to like the last episode, I was thinking there's not really any like lead motivator. So I've just kind of thought there's going to be more than one person involved in this. And it kind of, like, I think we said, well, uh, when we spoke, first spoke about it, that this series kind of reminds you of Desperate Housewives. And yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the final season of Desperate Housewives. One of them kills someone and they all help to cover it up. So it's kind of, it kind of gives you that sort of, that sort of vibe. Oh, okay. I never watched Desperate Housewives, but oh, I remember yeah. you. It's, it's, it's like a more PG version of this, but there's still like murder and shit. But they don't say like the C word and stuff like that. <laughs> Love a C bomb. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, with the, um, so one couple of things that I thought I predicted right and got wrong is that I thought that I didn't think that uh, Ziggy, I didn't think that he bullied the girl, but I thought there was something wrong with him because the kid just looks a bit off key. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he did. I thought this kid, this kid is up to something, but obviously he wasn't. So I was wrong about that. I knew that one of those, that one of those twins was, beat, was beating the girl because, you know, they see their dad do it to the mum, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I knew there was something up with... Um, What's her name? Reese Witherspoon's character and her cheating on the, the husband because they were just like, those two are just like not, I feel bad for their husbands because those two are just like not compatible at all, really. Yeah, I agree. And it's nice to see the kind of upper echelons of American society, but from a different, like, non-perfect angle. Mm. Um, so you see, like, they all have the same kind of problems as anyone else might in terms of, you know, uh, infidelity, domestic violence, like troubled kids, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah I really, I really, I thought the acting was solid throughout as well. Yeah, everybody, even like the kids weren't too annoying, mm. which is kids probably tes- testament to them because I normally find child actors pretty irritating. Yeah. Do you think it when... warranted a season two? Um. Yeah, because there's. Well, I'm assuming there's going to be like. A la, a la Pretty Little Liars or Death of Housewives, that sort of thing. Or there's going to be like a policeman or whatever who's suspicious of these lot and then they're going to start investigating them. And then like um, you see in these sorts of situations like who crumbles and who doesn't and that normally leads to more shit going on. And, you know, I'm just curious to see how that affects these people in this little town. I would hate to live in a town like that, by the way, where everyone knows everyone and all that shit. Like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I agree. It seems like quite a large town, but like you said, if everyone's kids go together, school together and all that. Yeah. Oh, what did you think of, sorry, quickly, I just thought this was very weird. You know, the, um, oh, what's her name? Thingy's daughter, Reese Riverson's daughter, and she was like, trying to sell her virginity online and shit like that. What did you think yeah. about that? That was uh, nuts. <laughs> a bit weird. That sort of came out of nowhere, to be honest. It was like a really, like... really strange plot point to include. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing, like, you know, upper class white girls selling their virginity. Is that a thing? Is that an, a pandemic across America? I don't know. Oh, imagine. Imagine my daughter said that, said, oh yeah, I'm going to sell my virginity online to the highest bidder. Fuck me. Well, you're going to, don't turn into bloody TI checking your daughter's. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so funny. <laughs> But, I mean, the new series has Meryl Streep, so that's always a good sign, because, oh, yeah. I mean, even though this is not a film, she'll probably still get Oscar nominated for it. <laughs> um, actually, 
talking of Oscars, I, I don't really feel like there's been much buzz. I don't know if it's still a bit early, but we're approaching December. Normally yeah. you're getting, I know you mentioned Judy a few weeks ago, but there doesn't really seem to be much kind of, oh, this film's an Oscar contender or, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think we might be a, a little bit early. I feel like, it's, like in the next couple of months, there's going to be um, a lot of Oscar bait released because I, I think it was when we first started doing the podcast there it was like um what did we watch we, we had like fences moonlight uh, uh hacksaw ridge and stuff like that all in the space of in like six weeks or something like that that's stuff so i feel like this is going to be a similar this year but yeah i think you're right i think judy is the only thing i've seen in terms of like and the joker in terms of oh, like yeah, actors and actresses awards um I feel like Ad Astra's probably going to win something, even though I don't think it should. Ugh, maybe like cinematography, but... Yeah. Um, I would like to see um, Ford versus Ferrari or Le Mans 66. I'd like to see that win something. That'd be nice. But yeah, yeah so I, I don't think you've spoken about that. Do you want to give us a review of it? Um, sure. So, this is basic. So, the films, I think there's something to do with like copyright or something like that in America. So, in America, it's called Ford versus Ferrari. But I'm pretty sure everywhere else it's called Le Mans 66. Okay. Um, and Le Mans, Le Mans is like a... Um, excuse my lack of French accent, but, you know, I don't care. The Mans. It's like a 24-hour race, I believe. Um, I don't know if it still goes on, but um, basically the plot point of the story is that um, in 1966 um, in America, the uh, Ford company is, like, doing really shit, basically. Like, there's not enough people buying their cars and like, there's not enough innovation, blah, 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 blah. Um, and basically, one of the guys um, in the marketing department, played by John Burnfall, um, comes up with an idea saying, yeah, we're going um, we're gonna to build a race car and we're going to compete with Ferrari and we're going to beat Ferrari at this year's Le Mans because Ferrari were the, team to, were the manufacturers to beat because they'd won it, I think, the four years prior. Okay. So then the guys in Ford, they go and they, oh, they hear that Ferrari's going out of business as well. Um, so like, okay, we're going to go to Ferrari, offer to buy them out, and then we're going to combine on a car. So it's going to be called like a Ford Ferrari. And then that's how we're going to win. But then basically, um, Ferrari uses Ford to get um, Fiat to up their price. And basically, Fiat ends up buying that Ferrari and making Ford look like fools. So then they go to, um, they say, okay, fuck it, we're going to make our own cars. They go to Matt Damon's character, uh, Carol Shelby, who was a former race driver, but um, had to stop because of heart problems. Um, and he's like a car manufacturer now as well. And basically said to him, like, can you make us this car in 90 days? And he's like, yeah, fuck it, why not? Let's try. And he goes to his, I think they're friends. I'm not sure if they're friends, but they definitely, they, they were definitely knew each other. Um, Ken, I was last, Ken Miles, I think, Ken something, um, which is played by Christian Bale, who, fun, who actually talks in his regular, I'm pretty sure his regular accent, this film which is interesting because well, that's christian bale's regular accent i'm pretty sure it's well because he's um he's not american i'm pretty sure he's from the uk yeah i know he's british but doesn't he put on a bit of like that sort of thing i'm not sure maybe he does but i, it's, I it's, mean i don't know because i don't i genuinely right. wouldn't be able to tell you what christian bale's accent is i'm gonna that's the thing. so yeah that's the thing obviously i'm i'm uh i'm used to hearing him be back be um bruce wayne obviously he uses an american accent so it's quite funny hearing him talking a british accent but um yeah, so they go to him and they say, he's like he's like a mechanic, but he's also like the best driver around. But he's basically an asshole, and nobody really wants to work with him, and he's a bit of like a hick. So like people don't really like him. 
And basically, he says to him, can you help us uh, build this car, test this car out, and we're going to win um, the Man 66. And basically, they go through like loads of back and forth, like the higher-ups at Ford don't really want him representing their car because of his image doesn't really suit their, you know, like they're more of like a um, pristine um, American high-class working man, that kind of thing. And obviously, he doesn't really portray that because he's kind of like doesn't give a fuck, says what he wants kind of thing. And mm. doesn't really shit about consequences. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of back and forth um, and racing. And I think well, they, I think they win their first race, and the car and it's going quite well. And like um, Ken getting like proper into it, and then they say, okay, what? This, there's this one hire in particular. I can't remember his name, but he's an absolute dickhead, and he just had it out for Ken. And he was like, yeah, to saying to um, Carol Shelby. He was like, yeah, no, Ken's got to get, you got to get rid of Ken. So they get rid of him and then, um, then they lose really badly. They come like dead last in one of the practice races. And then come, Carol Shelby comes back to Ken and makes some, and apologizes to him. And then they start fighting. I think that's in the trailer. They start scrapping um, outside the house and basically gets him back on side. And then that all culminates um, in the final race, which is probably about mm, half an hour of the film, I would say. Oh, really? Yeah, they they they, they do because it's a tw- obviously a twenty four hour race, but like they do, it covers quite a big chunk of the film. I would say the film itself, I think, is two and a half hours long. Does it feel two and a half hours? Um, I would say no. I would say no. I think they done really in terms of like pacing. I think they did really well. Um, so I wasn't at, at no time did I think, oh, how long has it been? Kind of thing. I wasn't bored or anything. Um, but yeah, and basically they just go through all like the trials and tribulations of that twi- that whole 24 hours um then go- basically them versus ferrari slash them versus the higher-ups who didn't really want to see ken winning the race and they kind of oh mate they they, they done could I, do you want to spoil it for you sorry what did you just say i literally completely zoned out oh sorry i said do you mind if i spoil it for you no 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 okay, i mean i so presume like- i presume ford win uh they do win yeah Underdog uh, story. So, like, basically, Ken beats um, the Ferrari. The Ferrari guy's car gasses out, like, a few laps from the end. And Ken's racing ahead of everybody. And basically, they say to Ken, slow down so that... Because um, the number two and number three cars are also Ford. So slow down, and then you can all cross the finish line at the same time. And then it will look sick, because, like, in terms of PR, because all three Ford cars won. So now they'll be known as, like, a racing car kind of yeah. uh, branding so he's like at first he's like what that like, fuck that like i've worked too hard to you know let these lot um come in uh, at the same time as me blah blah so he's just racing ahead of everyone and then he kind of like gets to like the last few uh, minutes of the, of the of the um of the race and he's like looking around he's like laughing to himself and he looks around and he just sees like how alone he is and he's like oh, like like fuck kind of thing and he just slows down and he waits for the other two cars and then they all crossed the finish line at the same time. So they're like, oh, yeah, shit, he did it. He was really selfless, blah, 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 blah. And then the, um, the announcers come over. And then they start going over to the geezer who come in second, who came in second. Because basically what they did was because um, the guy who came in second, his car started slightly in front of um, uh, uh, Ken's car. They said, oh, yeah, this guy's the winner, not, um, not Ken. So they done Ken so dirty. And he was just standing oh. there like, fuck. <laughs> Why everyone else was like congratulating the other guy. And I was just sat there like, this is so raw. <laughs> <laughs> that is... <laughs> this is so raw. 
Did it have a little coda at the end saying, you know, this was true, blah, 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 showing your pictures and stuff? Yeah, so so to go even further, basically, um, after that, Ken decides to um, keep work. They keep working on the cars and stuff like that. And there was a scene earlier in the film where Ken crashed um, and um, his suit was on fire and stuff like that. But they were like, oh, yeah, the suit's flammable, blah, 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 blah. Um, Not flammable, sorry. Uh, Fireproof suit. And he gets out. Right at the end, he's test driving another car. Um, crashes because the brakes go and he doesn't manage to get out of the car and basically he dies. Oh. Yeah. And oh, then, okay. Uh, yeah. So like, it's pretty sad and like there's obviously a few moments after the, uh, thereafter with uh, Matt Damon's character like, who's like really shaken up and Ken's son and Ken's wife and they all like get a few scenes together right before the end. But um, yeah, it does, it does tell you um, at the end like... Um, that Ken was inducted into the like the racing hall of fame and um that Ford went on to win like the next four of the next five years of of Le Mans and stuff like that. So yeah. Mm, Good film. And you thoroughly recommend it. I thought I thought, it, I thought I don't give a shit about racing, but I thought it was sick. It's probably one of my favourite films this year. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. I mean that doesn't quite say much, but at least well, if yeah. it's in the conversation it can't be too yeah. bad. Um so it's according been- to Wikipedia, uh, Christian Bale is from Wales. Oh, right. Okay. So maybe his accent is Welsh. I don't know. But, yeah. Um, have you seen any other recent cinematic releases? I don't even know what's out now. I've got rid of my car. I've seen a few. Um, so let me reel off a couple quickly before I get into ones I actually want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. um, I've seen the man. Um, I saw Harriet today, the film about Harriet Tubman. That's been oh, slated yeah. in the media. Um, and I think it's fine. It's okay. Um, I've seen people arguing that, obviously, and I, which argument I get is that they don't want to see more films that are um, based around black trauma, which is fair enough. Obviously, you've got like, basically slavery films, films like yeah. this, you know, 12 Years a Slave, and you know, stuff like that. Even Django, to an extent, films like that, obviously, people don't want to see. They want to see more stories of um, black people succeeding, which is obviously which is fair enough. Um, yeah. I made the argument that, although I do agree that um, we shouldn't be making more films about slavery. I do think this is a story where I would appreciate to know more about it because Harriet Tubman was someone who freed loads of slaves. She worked on the Underground Railroad in America. She um, was a spy in the American Civil War and she helped, she helped to free over 750 slaves. So that, I think that's a story that is worth sharing and that people should, more people should know about because I reckon that's a, lot, a thing that not a lot of people would have known prior. I, I certainly didn't. Anyway. Yeah, well, I guess... My opinion doesn't count too much being uh, a white person. But for me, I like watching those films as history because Mm. I don't know much about, you know, American civil rights and everything like that. Um, So obviously I don't take it all as facts. But at least, you know, understanding a bit about those plights. And what was the... What was the Netflix one that had... Um... Oh, uh, Mudbound. Mudbound, yeah. So I find them really interesting. I obviously get your point that, you know, uh, black people don't want films just about black trauma. I, I appreciate that. Um, but, I, I mean, maybe it's a false equivalent, but, you know, you, you get a lot of films about World War Two, and I mm. think it's important to get different 
perspective, different, not perspectives, different, like to kind of celebrate different stories about people yeah. pushing through adversity. I don't yeah. know. But again, like I said, that's coming from my point of view and I could, you know, so I, I get I get your point. I think maybe if there are as many positive black stories um, or success, you know, successful stories like that, then it wouldn't matter too much about how many stories about the civil rights and slavery era there were. Yeah. But, but um, so you find it okay. Does that mean you don't think it's going to be kind of nominated for anything? I yeah, I doubt it quite highly. Um, okay. It's fine. I guess Cynthia Erivo is, um, she's, she plays Harriet Tubman. She's, she's all right. She's pretty good, actually. Um, I wouldn't say the film is standout in anything in particular. Um, the story itself is inspiring, but I wouldn't say like, I wouldn't say the acting was stellar. I wouldn't say any of the, like the, the lines were stellar or anything like that. Like it was, but it's, it's, an, it's a good film, but it's not something that um, I don't think will get many people to, you know, like vote for it in terms of awards wise. I feel like there was some controversy that Cynthia Revo is British mm. and the fact that she was playing like an American. Yeah. Do you find that problematic? Not, re- not really. But then the Americans don't really like us, do they? <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't like us. They don't really like us playing their American roles. Like, it's all well and good, like having, you know, Peter Dinklage and whoever coming over here and having, well, not coming over here, but like, you know, doing British accents in Game of Thrones and stuff like that. But then when we decide to, you know, go over there and then they find out, oh, um, Daniel Kalua is actually English. They're like, oh, no, fuck Daniel Kalua. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's, I agree. They're, they're very just like, you know, we support our own kind of thing, which is, you know, which is fair enough. But, you know, they should. Well, the Americans are fair so, patriotic, though, aren't they? Yeah, they shouldn't be so close-minded, I think. Because I think, I think as, a, as a people... Actually, maybe that might be exaggerating. I was gonna say, as a people, I feel like we have better actors than they do, but maybe that was exaggerating. I don't know. I guess maybe like proportionally, because America yeah. is like oh, yeah. quadruple the size of the population yeah. that we do, and the rest. So mm. yeah. Okay, so Harriet was a bit meh. What five and a half out of ten? Six out of ten? Uh, yeah, six is probably fair. I would say. Okay. What um, else is on? I saw Twenty One Bridges. Uh, oh, I really want to see that. Yeah, developed by um, the Russo brothers, I think, or produced by the Russo brothers, uh, which has also been slated quite heavily, and that which I think is a bit overly critical. I think the film's fine. Um, it's a bit predictable, uh, but it's okay. fine. Uh, yeah, some of the some of the dialogue is a bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's like a couple people in the film. I'm just like you're making it really obvious what your ulterior motive is. Does that make okay. sense? Um, right. If you see it, you'll, you'll, you'll get it because, you know, you're quite an intuitive person. So, but um, yeah, it's okay. I, I, I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it. I did. I felt like I enjoyed it. I think I, based on the trailers and the fact that it was produced by the Russo brothers, I'm a little bit underwhelmed. Yeah. I think. Um, and yeah, Chadwick Boseman is, is okay. But <laughs> things are, obviously, this is my own thought, but, I just see him and I just see Black Panther and he's like talking to the American accent. I'm thinking like, this is not you. <laughs> Do you know, what? you know, like some, some of the people, when you hear them in a particular accent, you think it suits them better. Mm. I think he, I know Wakanda's not a real place, but I think his accent he does for Black Panther 
suits him really well. And hearing his American accent is weird. The same yeah. with Peter Dinklage. His British accent is really good. And I don't like hearing him in America, like with his yeah, American 100%. accent. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll probably give that a six as well. Yeah, it's fine. But it's like, it was getting like slated on uh, by critics and stuff like that. But I don't think it's that bad, personally. Okay. Um, I saw The Good Liar, um, starring Sir Ian McKellen and um, Dame, I think. Meryl Streep. She a Dame? Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Is it Helen Mirren? Yeah. Yeah, Helen Mirren. They, she they, I, I get them confused as well, but... Yeah, they're the same, man. Oh, white ladies, man. They're the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't even deny that. If it's not one, it's the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, literally, it is. It's like, hmm, we need someone to play a woman in her seventies. Meryl Streep available? No, Helen Mirren. Okay. <laughs> okay. And if they want anyone above seventy-five, it's Dame Judi Dench. Literally. Imagine if they were all in the same film. Oh no, I'd, I would lose. Tr- I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the good life. So was it a um, good film? Do you know what? I really enjoyed this. I think it's actually pretty good. It's like a mystery thriller kind of film. Like okay. Ian McKellen plays like this shady con artist, um, and he's like basically trying to con. Um, is it Helen Mirren? Do we say? Do we settle on Helen Mirren? Yeah, yeah. He's trying to con her out of her money, um, basically, and it's like a whole back and forth. And basically, it's called The Good Liar. Because um, like one of um, Ian McKellen's first lines in the film was like, oh, I hate lies and I hate lying. But this guy can lie for days. Like, nothing <laughs> that he says is the truth. Like, with each, like, t- every 10 minutes, like, something else is uncovered about his identity, which he didn't reveal okay. <laughs> in the beginning of the film. Like, oh, man. Okay. It's, it's, uh, no, I was just saying, okay, it's, it, sounds, it sounds really interesting. And I was quite interested from the trailer. Yeah, because it sort the trailer sort of makes it seem like they're both hiding something. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't spoil <laughs> it. Because say, yeah. I would like to see it. I'll probably right. see it when it's inevitably on Netflix in a few weeks. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. It can, and there's a lot. Of, go on, sorry. No, go on. I would say there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like um, pulling the pull pull the rug pull the rug out from under you. Is that a phrase? Yeah. Yeah, so like you think you're okay, you think this is where it's going, and then they're like, nope, we're going over here, kind of thing. Ah, okay, and that works it's well because sometimes they can be really kind of uh, contrived, those sorts of films. Yeah, I do feel like one aspect of the story was maybe a little bit not explained very well, um, but that's like the only, that's, and that's me like nitpicking, I would say, that's the only thought I had with the film. Otherwise, I think it's really good. Um, the two of them play really well off each other as well. And you don't really see these sorts of films with older people, do you? It's normally like someone in their, you know, 30s or whatever. So I guess it's quite a good thing that, you know, it's quite refreshing that it's between older Mm. characters. Mm. Um, It's definitely worth watching that one. Okay. Uh, Anything else you want to mention? Recent release? Uh, Last one, which I won't go into too much detail about because I would like you to go to the cinema and watch it, Glenn, if you can. Okay. Blue Story. What story? Blue Story. Say it again. Blue Story. Oh, Blue Story. Yes. The Rap Man film. Yes. Ah, okay. So there's been some uh, controversy surrounding this film. Yeah. So um, it literally come out on Friday, just gone. So I think it's the 22nd. 
Um, and by Saturday, I think, or maybe Sunday, um, View had banned it from all their cinemas. Sunday, I think, View had banned it from all their cinemas because they had re- apparently reported 26 incidents um, up across the country in their cinemas, um, but one massive incident in Birmingham in which um, apparently over 100 uh, kids, I guess, young, young, young adults, um, were involved in a mass brawl um, in one of their theatres in Birmingham during uh, a showing of Frozen 2. Yeah, I mean, from the reports and from what I understand about the reports, is that this brawl happened, but it, they don't seem to have tied it to Blue Story. They yeah. just seem to have thought, okay, well, Blue Story is about violence or knife crime or British youths, and these British youths did this. So, therefore, you know, they must be related. But, I mean, no, like you said, Frozen 2 was showing at the same time. I think a point Rapman and a lot of other people have mentioned is how many incidents were there with the Joker regarding, you know, cinemas, and none of them have pulled that. There are a lot of films released are violent. Yeah. So, just because it's about you know, black youths in London. I mean, I, we don't know, I don't know the ethnicity of the youths that were involved in Birmingham, but again, Birmingham's not London, so I don't really, I don't quite see the correlation. Okay. So there doesn't seem to be too much justification for it. Like, you know, is Netflix going to pull Top Boy because there's mm. knife crime in London? And, you know, I, it just, it seems like a, a bad move. And yeah. I think Cineworld also, no, Showcase also followed suit and then have yeah. now reinstated it. Mm. So what's your take on the film? Um, so I heard this film described as a roadman musical and I think that's like the perfect, <laughs> that's the perfect description. <laughs> it's like, so I don't know if you've seen, but um, obviously Ratman's got like, a, he's like a, known for his like um, music and music videos, his like storytelling skills basically. So he's got Shiro's story and he's got Blue story. Okay. Um, um, both which are quite good if you want to listen to them on YouTube, anyone who's listening. Um, but yeah, the film itself I think is really, really good. Um, I was a bit, when I saw the trailer for the film, I was actually quite sceptical because I was kind of like, not gonna lie, I was quite like a few other people that are like, oh, another gang film. I don't really, not really that interested in seeing this, but like when you watch it and you see the story behind it and you realize that it's actually based on the true story as well, I think um, taking all that in, plus how good like the acting is, um, the way it's set out, um, Ratman does um, a few songs like to that like, bookend, the beginning, middle, and end of the, of the film, um, yeah. and the way it all comes together, I think is really, really, really well done. Um, okay. The acting from the two leads is really good, especially. Um, Michael Ward, who was in Top Boy, I think he's he's gonna go places. Like I think he's definitely got a future acting, doing whatever, like whatever, literally whatever he whatever he thinks he could do. And a lot of things that I um, I always like about actors and, and actresses watching people is how they react on screen when their character isn't speaking. Yes, and I think Michael Ward is really really good at displaying his emotions when he's not having that. Like, and not even having to say a word. And I think, yeah, that there's a couple scenes in this film in particular which makes me think, like, yeah, this guy is going straight to the top. Um, and the guy who plays alongside him, um, Stephen, 
I think his name is Stephen Odubala, I think. Um, he, I think this is his first acting, like proper big acting role. Um, and he's done really well as well. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in something else soon, maybe Top Boy Season 4 or whatever else he might want to do. I don't know. But, um, yeah, the film itself, I think, is really, really good. And I would like you to watch it. Um, I think because it, like, it doesn't really... People obviously talk a lot about these films glorifying gang culture, but me watching it, it does the complete opposite. Um, and I think that's the whole point of the film, is the people who are in that life um, may have been drawn to that life. They see this film and they're thinking, like, yeah, no, fuck this. Like, this isn't the life. Yeah. that I want to live. This it's quite this reductive to just say it's a gang film because I think Ratman's come out and said it's a, basically a film about love. Like, people would look at Top Boy and think it might glorify it, but then when you see, you know, if you think about it, like, what do Shane and Sully go through? It's not glorifying it in any way. They're not living in multi-million pound mansions and, you know, living a Dan Bilzerian lifestyle. It's, you know, quite gritty. Um, so... Would you kind of agree that it's a film more about love, or you, is it more just like an anti-gang film? It's quite. It's. I'm not gonna lie. It's, quite, it's actually quite Shakespearean in a way. Okay. I would say. Um, there are certain things that happen where you make like you could you could watch this you could watch this film as a Shakespearean play and think like yeah this fits like it's a it's it's comedic it's tragic it's you know. It's dramatic, like all those things rolled into one. Like I've really, I think this film's really, really, really good. Okay, is it directed by Ratman? Yeah, he wrote and directed it. Oh wow, okay. Oh, perfect. Okay, I'll definitely try and watch that. Um, Give it a go. Yeah, I was sort of surprised it had got a cinema release, to be honest. Um. Because I thought initially when I, I'd seen posters for it, but I just sort of presumed it was like a straight to Netflix thing. But mm. I, I thought it was like a BBC thing. I think it's produced by the BBC. Okay. Yeah, I'll, like definitely, a, I'll definitely yeah. try and see it. Um, yeah. Anyone when my local cinema is showing it. Um, okay, well, can't really segue into what I've been watching, but I would just... <laughs> ham-fistedly switch over um so i haven't seen anything current um unless well i guess i saw a recent film on netflix so i guess that's current but um it's a horror film film called wounds Mm. which sounds right up your street obi yeah (laughs) so it's a film um directed by uh, let me just find out because I can't remember. Uh, Babak Anvari, and um, they've pre- previously uh, done a film called, I think it's called Under the Shadow. Uh, yes, Under the Shadow. So he's a Iranian filmmaker. Uh, Under the Shadow was an Iranian horror film, but like the sort the sort of horror I like which is more like reflecting social commentary. Mm. Um, so, I, you know, I think horror is great in being able to portray social commentary and different you know, opinions on that and political commentary in like a safe way because it's like othered. So Under the Shadow was basically about this family who um, they, they were by, like in this apartment and... 
I think there was like war going on outside, but there was basically the way it was portrayed was that there was like a, a poltergeist or something in in the house, um, so that you know they were kind of kept inside and were being bothered by this poltergeist. And I'm, I'm sort of destroying it, but the the poltergeist was like metaphorical and everything, and and you know under the shadow was like under the oppression of outside and everything. So. That was metaphorical. Wounds was a bit more of a conventional horror film, but I still quite enjoyed it because it was very strange. Um, it, I couldn't quite see where it was going. So it's like a psychological horror. It's got Army Hammer. It's got Zazie Beats and Dakota Johnson. Um, basically, Army Hammer is this barman and... Uh, he's going out of Dakota Johnson and this fight happens in his bar and these kids li- like leave this phone and then he picks up the phone and like, tries to go through it to, uh, to kind of find out who he can give it back to and he sees these like really disturbing images on it um, like decapitated heads and things and he's like what the fuck and then after that he starts like seeing really weird things like cockroaches and basically it just ramps up and then like it affects his girlfriend and she stares at this like weird um tunnel thing on the screen and it's very unsettling um because he's he sort of goes into a bit of a mental decline but and i liked that about it and it was quite different and it end like the ending is pretty weird as well but I sort of feel like they could have built on it a bit more. Like they could have built on... Like they just ramped up the horror a bit, to be honest. Most of it was cockroaches and, you know, like this weird tunnel thing, but which is unsettling in itself. But there was like parts where he would take a photo and there'd be a shadow in it briefly, but they don't really explore that much more. And I feel like it had a lot of potential. Um, but it maybe if it was... 20 minutes longer it could have explored that a lot more um and there's this whole mythology about this book called the translation of wounds which is important but right at the end and I, yeah i sort of i can see why it was a netflix film if that makes sense because it doesn't feel like the idea was fully developed enough um oh, was it a netflix original film i believe so yeah okay um so I guess, you know, obviously I praise Netflix a lot for taking risks on these sorts of films and allowing their filmmakers to kind of do whatever they want. Um, but I guess there is also the flip side of, yeah, there's a reason why they don't put this film in the cinema because it probably won't make much money because at the end of the day, it's not, doesn't keep its focus too much, I don't think. Um, but I did enjoy it. It wasn't your, your classic quiet, quiet bang. Um, you know, your insidiouses and whatever, which I sort of get bored of. I like it when horror kind of is a bit more under your skin, a bit mm. more like, oh, that's a bit weird, uncanny rather than, you know, someone jumping out in front of you. Um, so that's Wounds. I also saw a film called Hotel Artemis. Uh, I've seen that film. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah. What did you think of it? I, I, I liked it, but I thought it could have been a lot better. 
Okay, what well, why so basically Hotel Artemis is sort of like the John Wick Hotel in the sense that it's a hospital for criminals and they can go there and it's like there are rules sort of like John Wick where you know you don't kill other people you sort of have your own rooms you have code names and then one of the criminals infiltrates it and is there to kill the other criminals essentially so what what do you think it could have improved on um i don't know i feel like i think it was a bit short i think it was quite short if i remember yeah. correctly i'm not sure yeah it's 19 um i just i think the world around it maybe could have been expanded a bit more or maybe explained a bit more what was going on um and maybe like characters like relationships i think um Sterling K. Brown and the uh, and the woman I can't remember the woman's name. Sophia Butella. Um, their relationship because obviously they had like a prior or something, something that could have been you know a bit better, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe even um, Sterling K. Brown's relationship with his brother as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that might have been could have been a bit better. And I think I didn't really like um, I didn't really like uh, the bad guy, the, not the bad guy, but his son. Oh yeah. He, his whole character, I was just like, you're, you're kind of shit. He's a bit annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, annoying. Yeah, he's very annoying. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I enjoyed it though. On a on the base level, I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, it could have been could have been a bit better. Yeah, I agree. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought, you know, that that the cast was good. There's a lot of famous people in it. Um, Charlie Day was actually less annoying than usual. Um, <laughs> I did like the myth, like the kind of mythology of it, but I agree that they could have explored it more. Um, like, I guess, like John Wick is doing, you know, John Wick One. I you, I probably felt a similar way. It's like, oh, I want to know more about the Continental and how it all works. And in subsequent films, because of the success, they've managed to explore it. Whereas this didn't do so well. So, but you know, like like the Wolf King, played by Jeff Goldblum, and again, I'm just reading it because I don't remember all these people's names. Um, like why you know just yeah i just want to know more about them like the nurse's son like how did that all it was all quite quick because jeff goldblum's only in it for about five minutes and there's a lot of exposition in that time where he's like oh yes you remember your son did this and he did this and this is why i did this and then he dies and you're like Mm. oh okay um i thought you'd been it a bit longer um and i guess the whole kind of context of the film it's like it's dystopian there's like a water shortage and and i'm like well why has this happened you know you can't just you can't just do a film about like i don't know a a one building and the rest of the world is being taken over by aliens because you'd be like well why are the aliens taken over you know it it just Mm. yeah i agree i wanted to i wanted a lot more exploration and explanation it sort of I sort of am always a bit hesitant when I see um, ensemble films. Like when you've got like more than about three big names and it's not a superhero film, I'm always a bit like, uh, either these people are not going to be in it very long or you're playing up the part this person has because the film's not very good. So this film has got Jodie Foster, Sterling K. Brown, Sophia Boutella, Jeff Goldblum, Brian Tree Henry, Zachary Quito, Charlie Day, Dave Bautista, like big names and like mm. recognizable people, but they like inevitably 
they never get enough to do because their time is, you know, it's like, oh, well, we've got to give him another line, we've got to give her more screen time. It's, yeah, it, it had a lot of potential, but I did quite enjoy it. Um, and I think if there was a second one or a kind of another film within the universe, I would watch mm. it. Um, yeah, same. But yeah, I don't think it did well enough theatrically. But I thought... Can um, you think of it? I was going to say, can you think of a film with an ensemble cast? That's good. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one. I mean, that's non-superhero? Yeah. Uh, oh, I just thought of one, even though I haven't seen it. Um, uh, the Departed. I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic film. But then again, you've got uh, Martin Scorsese at the helm, so that does mm. help. But yeah, I mean, ensemble films that I can remember, such as like, you know, your Valentine's Days and your New Year's Eves. Yeah. Like all those kind of like holiday films where it's just like, hey, we we just yeeted a fuck ton of money at these people, and it's not actually any good. Such yeah. as like movie forty three or people that are contractually obliged to be in it and they clearly don't want to. Um, yeah, I mean, it does. I always that's why. I, I mean, I bought this film ages ago, but I never watched it because I was like, oh. There's so many people in it, it's probably going to be shit. Um, but that probably helped my expectations. Do you know what I mean? If I had low expectations and it actually turned out to be quite good. Um, mm. Maybe The Big Short, that was a good ensemble film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they are few and far between. Mm. I haven't really seen too much else. I'm quite disappointed in myself. I've gone from like... Hey, it's been like a month since we've watched <laughs> the podcast. Literally, I've gone from 100 to zero real quick. Um, just, yeah, now I've not got my uh, my pass. Even then, I didn't have tons of time to watch it. I've been uh, going through BoJack Horseman um, oh, yeah. quite a lot. Have you ever seen it? I've watched like 10 minutes maybe of, an ep- of the first episode. And I wasn't really feeling it. Oh, well, yeah. I watched the first episode ages ago. And like you, I didn't quite get into it. But, I mean, they're only 20-minute episodes, 25 mm. minutes. Watch five or so, and I think you'll be into it. Uh-huh. It's, it's an adult animated comedy about a horse who was a famous TV sitcom actor, um, uh, Bojack Horseman. He started enforcing around, and it's basically like his life He's like a high-level alcoholic. He's he's just like self-destructive, um, and it's about how he interacts with like other characters, like his agent, his lodger, his family, that sort of thing. Um, I find it really funny, um, and a, but a lot of that is sort of subtle background humor. So like, mm. this is a world where like animals are anthropomorphic and it's just sort of like accepted um you know like no one's questioning like why there's a talking horse it's just like a thing so but there's like lots of um yeah subtle humor like the the haulage company is called U uh u haul but ewe as in like the female sheep rather than the letter u and there's just like subtle puns like that um which i find really funny 
and there's like a a common thing in a lot of episodes is like one of the characters will explain something and they're setting up basically a really long alliteration and it's the way that they set it up and the payoff is so funny I, I mean it's one of those things that i'd have to have a very good example to kind of explain it to yeah. you but they'll it'll be like um so there's a character in but one of the latest series called courtney portnoy and it's just the way they use the rhymes it's like courtney portnoy's corduroy you know it's it's quite lyrical um mm. and it's just really clever um it's also really deep which i didn't expect i just sort of thought it'd be like a family guy you know crude humor blah 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 and there is that but there's also like bojack is really not a very likable character um he you know he's very toxic like the, the actions that he takes um and the way he treats people is quite reprehensible um so it's quite again nice that you know i guess peter griffin's not always a good character but you sort of He's lovable because he's funny and he like, it's always resolved at the end of each episode. But Bojack Horseman, it's not like that. Um, a lot of the episodes end quite down. But and also what I find refreshing about it is that like there's a continuing thread through it. A lot of animation can be quite individual episodic. Like, mm. oh, we'll go on this zany venture. And then maybe a series and a half later, this, this chicken will come back and it will fight it again. But with Bojack, it's very much everything is, you know, the writers or the showrunners have really kept threads going. And it's like, yeah, you know, we've started this, we're going to finish it. And it continues for over, over multiple seasons, which I think is really good as well. Sort of like, I guess what you'd have as like a, a series with live action, but just mm. with animation. So I would really recommend it. Um, it is relatively easy watching. But it deals with like proper adult themes as well as being quite lighthearted. It, it, it's got a bit of everything for me. Um, and yeah, I was like you. I didn't particularly enjoy the first episode when I first saw it. But watch a few more and I would hope that you get into it. Fair enough. But that's been taken. I'll give it a try. I can't really think if I watched anything else, to be honest. I'm quite disappointed in myself, to be honest normally smashing them out but now we're coming up to christmas i have to get the old classics out you're uh what do they call it love actually and mm. all that jazz i've never seen love actually you know what it's yeah. an absolute institution you need to watch it it's i mean it, it's cheesy as hell but and that's also i guess you call that an ensemble film but what's your um what's your go-to christmas film Um, I'm not a massive Christmas person, so <laughs> that's surprise you. I mean, not really, but yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed, to say the least. Really? Are you a Christmas person? I love Christmas. Hmm. Um, I would probably say Love Actually, or maybe Elf. Okay. But I Elf's think the older I've become elf has got a bit more grating on me mm. i don't know what about you um home alone oh okay i love home alone i've probably not seen that in about 20 years so i need to rewatch it i've also <laughs> bought the nightmare before christmas on dvd because i've not seen that um 
and that's a mixture of like Halloween and Christmas. So. Sure. Horror inflected Christmas is probably my sort of thing. <laughs> um, what else? Um, can I tell you about a couple TV shows I've been watching? Yeah. Um, okay, so I started watching a TV show called Greenleaf. It's on Netflix. Um, okay. And basically, it's kind of like it's kind of like um, like a political drama, but it's about a church. If that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, like them, them big churches like they have in um, in America and stuff. Um, but it's basically it's basically it's run like a business, and um, the head of the church, the bishop, is basically like kind of like a mayor sort of thing, like sort of figure of like his whole like congregation. Um, and basically it's about um so this woman called grace and her daughter returning back to the town where she grew up after 20 years away um and she left because she believed that her uncle raped her sister her sister who subsequently killed herself um and no one else would believe her basically so she ran away but now she's come back basically to prove that the uncle did in fact rape her sister and has raped other multiple other girls and paid them off for silence for silence blah blah blah, blah. Okay. Uh, yeah that's season one anyway there's four seasons but that's what season one's about which there's I just four seasons about. on netflix yeah okay yeah. have you seen anything other than season one no just season one so far okay. um but it's decent it's like a it's not really like a um what's the word it's not like amazing but it's like a sol- it's something I'll put on in the background kind of thing and I'll just kind of like watch it but I don't have to pay loads of attention to it because it's not sort of thing that's like it's not like too deep I don't have to pay like close attention if that makes sense I'm kind of just yeah. watch it kind of only half pay attention and still get the gist of the show <laughs> if that makes sense Do, does it take a particular stance on these mega churches or um it hasn't yet but it also actually mm, actually you know what it kind of does because it kind of it's kind of showing that these churches can be a bit of a um a bit fraudulent basically yeah um but i think there's the belief that the people involved in it do um believe in what they're doing and you know the words they're saying and blah 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 but there also there is also a, like a thing where okay yeah these people do believe in believe the word of god but also some of these people are you know are pricks and they will do prickish stuff like swindle people from their of their money <laughs> and yeah. other sort of things <laughs> but they'll use the word of god to kind of justify it yeah that basically what yeah is that, is that I, I sort of feel like there are similar controversial practices like that in the uk um just from what I've seen people tweet about on Twitter, I, I don't look into it too much, but you know, well, there is a tech that started up recently called Spac Nation, which people that's been, that's it, yeah, yeah, which people have been talking a lot about. Which basic, I haven't, me myself, I haven't, like you, I haven't read loads into it, but it does sound like that. That is like a a culty sort of like very fraudulent um, enterprise, I guess, rather than a church, and it seems like they're just kind of using the word of God to try and basically get kids to do what they kind of, whatever they want, if that makes sense. And yeah. there was like a, I saw a message thing, um, go kind of off topic, but I saw like a picture of a message of one of the, um, one of the church leaders or something like that, 
sending out a group message saying, okay, guys, I want you to raise £4,000 today. I don't care how you do it. Um, rob people if you must, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, like, this isn't really very, very holy. But... No, not at all. Yeah. Oh, gosh, okay. But, yeah. yeah they've, they've been highly scrutinised, those people. Because mm. there was a, there's a series I started watching on Netflix. I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically about someone... It was American again, and and they were part of this like sect of uber religious Christians in America, mm. but basically like a cult, sort of like Freemasonry type stuff. And it was like when you're in, like it's like super secretive, and and basically I think they were yeah their classification was charity, so they could get loads of tax exemptions, but basically. Yeah. It was run as a business. It was really dodgy. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, I th- think there is elements of that in America that happens and it's yeah, like it's making its way over to the UK, which is a shame because it does sort of, you know, give religion a bad name because people tarnish it with the same brushes. Mm. Other religious uh, organisations that are not criminal. <laughs> um <laughs> What other TV shows you've been watching? Um, so I'm still watching Watchmen. It's really good, and you guys should watch it. You, I say you guys, you, because you're the only one here. You should watch it. It's very good. Um, this is a sort of... So it's like, it's supposed to be a superhero TV show, I guess, but I think this could stand well on its own as just like a regular TV show. And like, if you took the superhero elements out of it, I think it would still be really, really good. It, from like a what point of view like drama point of view like an acting point of view or what makes you say more like, drama and it's a lot of it's a thing where like i wouldn't say it's a mystery but like you watch it and you're thinking like i don't quite know the full story and it does it does a really good job of like um explaining stuff but not explaining too much to the point where you're still thinking oh i need to keep watching because i need to find out what else is happening kind of thing I do want to watch it now, especially as you said it was a sequel rather than because I just yeah. thought it was like a retelling or a reboot sort of thing. So that I was a bit like, oh, I've seen the story, so I know what it happens. But no, yeah. you you piqued my interest with that. Um, mm. On the subject of superheroes, have you continued with Titan season two? I haven't even started it yet. To be fair, oh okay, I'm waiting for it to. I'm I need to Google it to see when it's coming out on Netflix in full. If it's coming out. In 2020, I'm just going to fucking watch it wherever. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, because yeah. I can't bother to wait any longer. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, have, you start, have you tried? Oh. No, I haven't. I'm just going to wait for Netflix. But Doom Patrol's not on there yet, and I thought it would be. I don't think it's ever going to be... I don't think, it sh- I don't think it's been going to be shown anywhere in the UK. I think, it's, I think they're going to put it on DC Universe, and they're going to put it on that HBO app, and I think that's it. Because oh. that series finished, like, last year. Or something. Yeah. Last year, like, ages ago. Because I, you know, I quite liked the backdoor pilot, and yeah. I liked season one of Titans. But yeah, I guess if HBO Max is now a thing, I mean, we're not getting Disney Plus until what March? Um, yeah, until not too March. Oh, so, can I segue? Disney Plus. Yes. So I've watched a couple of their their new newish shows. Um, I watched the first episode of The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars show, mm-hmm. um, and it's basically about. Um, this bounty hunter who is a Mandalorian. I'm guessing Mand- Ma- is Mandalore a planet or something like that? I don't know. Um, 
Ask Joe. He seems to be well. Yeah, Joe will know about, about it. But um, I'm not sure when it's set, but I think it might be maybe set near Rogue One-ish times. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, basically, it's just about this. Um, so far, anyway, it's about this bounty hunter who seems pretty ruthless. Um, and for a um, for a Disney show, um, some of the scenes were quite violent. I thought. <laughs> um, and basically, he's just being sent on jobs and stuff. Um, and the first job, sorry, the second job he's asked to do um, in the show is to basically, they say, find this uh, being. He's 50 years old, blah, 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 blah. Um, so he sets off to go and find him. He meets this, like, AI robot. Um, and this bounty hunter hates AIs because AIs killed his parents, I think, when he was younger. So he's got, like, a bit of a bias against them. But this AI helps him basically get to this being or person and basically it's revealed that this being is either a baby Yoda or the same species as Yoda but I don't know what the person what its name is yet but it's like a miniature version of Yoda but it's like 50 years old but it's a baby okay straight yeah, yeah. but I'm interested it's, it was really it's like in terms, in terms of like production it's really 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 like it's I think it's like film quality level in terms of like oh okay yeah um, which I think also leads to the fact that it's only it's just over I think it's about 35 minutes long which a lot of people were quite um, oh, upset yeah. about well I, um, yeah, I, just, I, I just assumed it would be at least an hour yeah um, I did hear I did hear that apparently well it's probably be true but apparently all like the so like the Marvel shows and stuff like that they're going to be closer to like the 35 minute mark than they will be to like the hour mark oh, um, okay which is interesting because I don't mind that personally because, you know, not every show needs to be an hour long. Um, but it makes me think that if they say, oh, yeah, it's only going to be 30 minutes an episode and we're only going to have 10 episodes, I'm going to thinking like, okay, this is going to be really rushed then in terms of like storyline. Because, mm. um, yeah, I think they've but, said that the, the Marvel ones are only going to be six or eight episodes, aren't they? Um, well, yeah. But so, apparently their budgets are going to be about the same as films, so about 150 million budget for okay. each series which at least it'll look nice yeah it's about 30 million an episode i guess um considering game of thrones is what 10 million episodes like that. fucking hell <laughs> they better be good but yeah. i mean i wonder if i mean i presume there aren't any adverts on these streaming services so you'd I think that they would have the kind of flexibility netflix uses in that Episode one might be 35 minutes, episode two could be 42, episode three could be 61. You know, yeah. they might have that flexibility yeah. based on what the story needs um, mm. rather than, yeah, like I think we've talked about with kind of network series. It's like they've either had to fill an hour, which some yeah. of it is shit, or they've rushed because they, or they split over two episodes or whatever. So hopefully, if episode one needed to be 35 minutes, cool. But do you, yeah. um, you're not, I know you've not seen all the Star Wars, but I had thought that this would be quite separate from the canonical Star Wars universe, like episodes mm. one to nine. Um, so the fact that you said it could potentially be Baby Yoda, like what's yeah. your, what's your opinions on it? Do you want it, these things to be separate? Like rather than, or it's all about the Skywalkers and blah blah blah. Or do you want it to be part of it? Um, good question. I think I would prefer 
if rather than it being a baby Yoda, it was just like a baby, whatever his species is. I don't know what his species is called. Um, I think, yeah, I think I would prefer that it doesn't involve any of the main guys. Maybe you can mention it or mention aspects of the story just in like in passing in the background, just to keep us, you know, feeling like we're still connected to the Star Wars world. But I would like this to like kind of tell its own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was I saw a, a a brief review of the first episode of The Mandalorian, um, and it said that like you said, the production was good, but they struggled to connect with the main character because he's always in a helmet. Yeah, he didn't take his helmet off. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts on that? Was it a problem for you or you just sort of like, that is what it is? Um, I didn't mind it because I think it lends to his, like, mysteriousness, which I think is, like, kind of good for um, a bounty hunter. It annoys me because I know who the actor is so I can picture the face underneath the helmet. I wish I didn't know who he was. Um, oh. But I like the that he doesn't take it off because I think it makes him more menacing as well. If you don't, because he like you from the, like the first episode, uh, scene of the episode, like you can tell he's like he's on it, like in terms of like fighting. So he's quite a, th- a threatening guy. But um, and I think that it lends to the fact that we know, we haven't seen his face yet. I think okay. I think it's a good thing personally. All right. Will you continue it? Yeah, I'm gonna. I might try and watch another episode today if I can bother. Um, you, you you said you've seen a couple of things from Disney Plus. Oh, yes. I also unashamedly watched the first episode of the High School Musical, the musical, the series. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it's, um, it's short. It's actually not that bad. <laughs> Is it basically like Glee? Um, kind of, yeah, actually. It's kind of Glee, but it's mixed with, it's kind of like Glee mixed with The Office. Oh, so it's like yeah. a documentary style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. That's unexpected. Yeah, exactly. That that was my that was my that was my reaction. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we've got like Sharpay going around being like, oh, this is cordon blue and Oh you know. no. So basically basically, right? So the show is set. So in, in this show, high school musical isn't like canon. High school musical is a film still. But the show is set in the school that high school musical was filmed at. Oh, that's getting Does meta. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's like and, in Human Centipede oh. 2 when he's watched <laughs> Human Centipede 1 and he then wants to recreate Human Centipede. Is that right? Yeah, or is it a bit like that. Human Centipede 3 when the guys watched Human Centipede 2 and that's also having about watched Human Centipede 1 so he gets the director of Human Centipede 2 to come and try and make a bigger centipede. Is it sort of like that? Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, exactly uh, like that. Right. Or is it sort of like Scream 4 when... <laughs> Human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, human centipede. Oh, that was terrible. But anyway, continue. Um, yeah, no, the, it's basically it's a film. It's about um, a former actress. No, it's it's about a woman who was an extra. I don't know if she, it's, if she actually was an extra, but in the in the TV show, she's she was an extra on High School Musical, and she goes to that school to be to be the new drama teacher. And she's like shocked to find out that that school that the film was filmed at has never done a production of High School Musical. So they say, we're going to do a production of High School Musical. And yeah, so she's holding auditions. And then there's a few, there's two main characters, um, a girl called Nini, I think, and her boyfriend, Ricky. Um, and they kind of like get into a spat and break up. And she moves on and go, uh, starts dating a, a jock. And the other boy, Ricky, gets jealous. And basically he use, he's trying to use 
the um, the auditions as a way to like kind of like win her back or whatever, whatever. Um, so it's like a typical teen drama stuff filled with like moments where they're like, kind of like looking at the camera and shit and then doing like little interviews like they do in the office and Modern Family and stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I actually quite enjoyed the first episode, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think I would, but I thought it was actually all right. It actually sounds um, quite interesting because it's very yeah. meta. Yeah, which exactly. I didn't expect from Disney um, and particularly not High School Musical. So there's basically someone auditioning to be Sharpay. Yeah. Oh, and do they sing the songs that they did in High School Musical? Uh, yeah, they did. They sang a few of the songs, yeah. Okay. Mm, that, that does sound interesting. I mean, I've never seen the High School Musical, so I'm unlikely to. I can't believe you've never seen High School Musical. Why? I, I um was doing cooler things when I was a teenager. Oh yeah, yeah. Bet you were. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <coughs> we're all in this together. Um, <laughs> got to get your head in the game. And that's all I know. To be honest. Wow. There, there endeth my High School Musical knowledge. Um, but I mean, Zac Efron's done all right out of it. He does. I wonder if any of them will make a cameo then. That'll be that'll be kind of. I hope someone makes one. I doubt it would be like Zac Efron or something like that, but maybe like you know one of the side characters. Well, one of them hasn't really done much since. Like, what's Ashley yeah. done since? Like, not much. Funny enough, she's actually going to be in a Netflix TV show very soon. I think it comes out like, next week. Oh okay. I will eat yeah. my words. But um, so. I think before Disney Plus launched in America, we sort of discussed the reasoning why it's not been launched worldwide. And like, I think you said, well, it's going to increase piracy. Now that you've seen some of them, um, do you agree with that opinion? Or like, has your opinion changed? Did you see why they've rolled out like sporadically? Mm. No, my opinion's still the same. <laughs> they, should, they should just bring it all out at the same time. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I reckon I reckon Mandalorian is probably one of the high probably one of the highest pirate shows ever, probably. Yeah. And then by the time it's released on Disney Plus, no one's gonna buy it because they've seen everything. <laughs> most most likely. Unless they've got like loads of I don't know, new shit on there that people might not have thought to watch or something. I don't know. Like I know they're rebooting a few, like they're rebooting Lizzie McGuire. I don't know if you ever watched Lizzie McGuire when you were younger. I think I did. Yeah, they're rebooting that. Um, I, need to, I, I don't know, know what else. They've got, but I, was Disney, thinking, but... I don't know if it was ever Disney, but they need to do a bit, a few more. Um, that's so Ravens. Yeah, that's so Ravens Disney. Because that's so Ravens actually got already has a uh, a spin off. That's oh. on the, it's on the Disney Channel, oh. and I imagine it'll be on Disney Plus now as well. I think there are some um, deleted scenes from Endgame that are on Disney Plus. Oh, right. I saw yeah, one. Oh. It was an alternative battle with uh, Ronin and Black Widow. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw that. I prefer the way what they did um, to that one to the one they showed us the deleted yeah. scene. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I, I don't think I'll watch that again quite yet. Saw it three times within the space of like a month. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll give it, I'll give it a couple of months. I think I'll watch it again. Burned by the additional footage, which was dreadful. Oh yeah, more money back. Mm. <laughs> so what? Do you know what me though, like, because you know how, like, sorry, just quickly thinking. So I was just googling uh, 
uh, Lord of the Rings yesterday because I think I might watch it if I get some spare time. Um, and obviously they've got like the theatrical cut and then they've got the director's cut, which is like an hour longer. I wish fucking um, these Marvel films had director's cuts, which were like bare long. I'd watch all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would as well. But like a lot of it's just like surplus information, like world building, which I guess mm. is what you know you want, especially with worlds as rich as Middle Earth and Marvel. Mm. Um, talking of long films, are you going to watch The Irishman? Oh, yes. I'm going to try to watch it probably tomorrow. Um, but, three and a half uh, hours. Yeah, it's, oh, that's, that's so long. Like, for a film that's not a superhero film, because obviously with Endgame, because there's like bit action and stuff, or like, at least because like, I'm super invested in the characters already, um, my, I'm going to be alert. Like, whereas this, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm a tad worried because I've seen the trailer and the de-aged Robert De Niro looks a bit crap. Mm. And if that's in the lot of the film, it's just going to put me right off. Yeah. Because like, watching dodgy CGI, I can't be asked with it, especially for yeah. three and a half hours. But I will give it a go. I might watch it in nine installments. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, if you see it before I do, which is likely, let me know if it's worth watching. Um, yeah. But uh, The Departed's a long film, I think maybe two and a half hours, but that's definitely worth it. I still need to watch it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, me and Chris both say it's good, so mm. that should hold a lot of weight. Um, I was going to say, is that what, what, what coming out is on your radar? Um, so I'm going to see, I'm going to try and see Knives Out tomorrow. Um, oh, yeah. That looks really, that's got really good reviews, and, and I'm, been looking forward to that for ages so yeah i think that's going to be good um i'm going to probably see charlie's angels as well um because mm. elizabeth banks has been complaining about um uh, us men who don't support women action films so go do my bit okay um, even though this film's probably shit <laughs> um, yeah i mean the trailer didn't make it look any good but yeah it looks it looks average I, do you know what, I, can we, quickly i just want to say it's bare cheeky of her to um be like oh yeah Oh, she'd be like, oh yeah, men don't support um, women action films, which is why this film's done badly. I'm thinking, well, like, what about all the fucking women who didn't go out to see it as well? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just that fucking a... playing men. Like, women don't like your films either, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh, anyway. I mean, maybe maybe Charlie's Angels is just not something people are interested in because it's not even that long ago that the last one was, maybe like, what, 10 years? And yeah. I never saw those and I was never interested in them. You know, I mean, I don't know. She, she. I'm sure she's got valid reasons, but don't be sore that your film didn't do well. Do you know what I mean? It's not awful. It's not. It's not. But you're going to go and see it anyway, so yeah, you should exactly. tweet her and be like, "Hey, I mean, Elizabeth." Oh, quickly, actually. Sorry, I'm just thinking of stuff. Reading off a couple of things. First thing, did you see the redesigning of um, Sonic, the Sonic film? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wasn't bothered with the way it looked before. Were you uh, not? I thought it looked fucking terrible. I wasn't. I didn't really. I wasn't like, oh my god, it looks nothing like the character. It was just a bit like, whatever. I mean, the film looks terrible anyway. So, <laughs> I'm. I'm just wanna... Look, I'm. Not, I'm not having this. I reckon I'll, <laughs> I'll go watch that film, and it will be as good as Detective Pikachu. <laughs> it will be the maybe, same. maybe. After that film was mid. mid. I mean, I loved Detective Pikachu because of all the. I was like, oh my god, I recognize that Pokemon. Oh my god, I recognize that. And it was just like, 
like a uh, nostalgia trip. Like the film itself was quite predictable and all that jazz, but it was more for like, I guess like Power Rangers was for you. You were like, oh, you know, this is oh yeah, yeah fair enough. Like Power Rangers was an infinitely worse film than Detective Pikachu. But oh fuck off, no no. no. <laughs> Where's the sequel, The Green Ranger? Nowhere. Elizabeth Banks was in that film as well. It's very true. As was Naomi Scott. She was. So maybe those two in films just aren't good. Maybe. Um, what was I going to say? Speaking of sequels, oh, I need, oh, see, I've got two segues. Speaking of sequels, first, first sequel, did you know that Angel Was Fallen is getting another fucking sequel? <laughs> what? I don't know. I know. So there's Olympus, <laughs> London, Angel, and now what else is going to fall? Earth? Honestly, I don't know what the fuck is going on but I don't know how that film's gotten so many fucking <laughs> they must off. make money or they must be cheap to make I think oh, actually did we go through the budgets I think they get lower every time oh yeah I think we did actually but even still like, well Gerald Butler's making a killing from it so yeah. um, better than them enterprise ads he's in <laughs> um, second second segue um, what do you think about the uh, rumours that Todd Phillips and Keith Phoenix are in talks for a Joker sequel. <sighs> I mean, yeah. the whole... I would sort of be very disappointed because yes. they marketed it as like, this is a one and done. We're, we're not going to fall into the trap of, you know, making a sequel. This is a one-off story about Arthur Fleck and, you know, we've made it how we want. No sequels. They're very adamant on that. And I feel like uh, I would feel a bit duped because yeah, one of the main reasons I saw it was like, okay, this is just going to be a one and done. It's going to be a different take on it. I mean, I came out of the film like wanting more, but I was also quite content that, you know, I was like, okay, I respect that they're just doing one and done. Because, you know, you can continue it with the young Bruce Wayne and blah, blah, blah. But I think it would maybe spoil the mystery of it because the questions it raised weren't probably enough for another film because is there going to be a time jump where Bruce Wayne is, is, you know, Batman and then that sort of confuses you with uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. Like, you know, people saying, oh, is Arthur Fleck the original Joker or is he just an inspiration? I think those questions should be left for people to discuss rather than for them to be answered because inevitably whichever way they decide people are going to be like annoyed because you have yeah. people being like oh he Arthur Flick is the original Joker or you know if they decide he was just an inspiration there's just going to be arguments either way they should just leave it they did it really well don't fuck it up if you I mean I've heard that Todd Phillips might just might develop other solo villain films I would be up for that. Is it like if he did a Mr. Freeze or a Penguin? Or... What did you say, sorry? I said um, I'd like to see a Lex Luthor. Well, yeah. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. These kind of non-powered characters I find quite interesting. But yeah, what, what, do you agree? Do you think it should just be one and two? I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, 100, 100 million percent. It should leave how it is. I think it's fine how it is. I'm thinking, what's the, what's the next film going to be about? Mm. That won't include like Batman or something. Because like, like I would rather this film didn't have Batman or some sort of other superhero in it. 
So then I'm thinking, okay, is it just going to be the Joker committing crime? I don't really want to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but then I guess they made a billion, so money talks. Yeah. But I would be quite disappointed. Um, yeah. On the same sort of subject, Suicide Squad is an ensemble film that didn't do very well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, hey, we'll see if the reboot slash re. I don't even know what it is because they've got half the same characters. Um, I mean, that whole film is confusing. Is it a sequel? Is it a reboot? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But I think the more... I, I like DC's approach of, we're just going to do films. But yeah. if you start having multiple people playing the same character coming out at the same time, it's going to really confuse people. Because yeah. you've already got... so. I mean, I'm presuming that Robert Pattinson's film won't have a Joker. I'm presuming the Suicide Squad won't have a Joker. But if you do a sequel to the Joker, which might involve a Batman or a whoever, they've got to be so careful that they're not duplicating because it, it would just be like the audience won't, or the majority of the audience won't realise they're not supposed to be linked. Um, yeah. So, yeah, maybe they should focus on minor characters develop them um, or characters that haven't ever had a solo film before like you said like Lex Luthor um, I'll be interested in that um, you know yeah we will see I hope they sort of stick to their original guns because I mean I can't imagine a sequel would make as much because no. you would get a lot of people being like nah I'm pissed off or whatever mm. but yeah Anything else you want to discuss? Um, not off the top of my head, no. Okay. Well, we're fast approaching 100, so we need to start thinking of what, what to do for yeah, our 100th episode. Uh, if anyone's anyone out there is actually listening, give us ideas. Yeah, tweet us at YSCPodcast17, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz, your average, under your average critics. Uh, we'll get thinking of ideas as well. Try and get everyone in the same room. Uh, we shall see whether it's this side of the year or in 2020 we don't know we shall see but yeah thanks for listening peace